Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Come on. of the Spirit of the Lord. One hundred and twenty gathered in one place, fervently prayed for the Spirit of grace. When suddenly there came a sound of rushing mighty wind, the Holy Ghost began to be poured out upon all men. <laughs> this is there, spoken by the prophet Joel. This is there, spoken by the prophet Joel. I pour out my spirit, save the Lord. Some begin to mock and said they've had too much to drink. Peter said these men are not drunk, as you suppose. Here comes the preaching and the will begin to flow. They cried out, men and brethren, what shall we do? Repent and be baptized, every one of you. I, 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 Spoke about a prophet Joe. Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is radio broadcast. Good to have you with us this Sunday night. Uh, what is the, what is the date today? We are May fourteenth, 
We just came. I just came from a graduation get together for one of my granddaughters, Bobby. Congratulations on your graduation! A bunch of people just uh, they rented out a spot down by the by the river there, and um, it was really nice. And a lot of people from all over were there. Good, just good to have everybody there. We've got um, had a great church service today. By the way, I pastor the New Life Pentecostal Church, five hundred one Elks Drive, Dickinson, North Dakota. If you're listening in Dickinson, if you're listening online, you may not be aware, but this is a broadcast that comes right on an AM radio station every Sunday night. And so we're broadcasting live on AM radio and also live on the Internet and Holy Ghost Radio Channel 2. So there's a lot of different ways you can listen. You can text me tonight and give me comments, questions. Um, Good questions are always in order. Um, 701-290-7862. We've got people already texting tonight. A lot of the faithful people that have listened over the years. Good to have you listening, Brother Griffith, Brother Paul, his son Aiden, out fishing somewhere in Wapaton, I think. Um, Yvonne and Marin. Let's see, one just came in from Jason. Tell us what's up, Pastor, he said. That's nice. The, um, we had a great, uh, as I mentioned earlier, great church service, a lot of visitors. We had a, a good service at the county jail, it's something we do every Sunday afternoon after church. That's a, such a blessing, and I'm excited to be part of that. Always have enjoyed uh, prison ministry, youth prison ministry, jail ministry. Um, we were, most of my prison ministry has been at youth correctional centers, but this county jail um, ministry that we've got going now is just really awesome. Uh, just I, I've got to say, a lot of people that are really hungry for God that are coming to our services. So I'm glad for that. And, um, and then they get out of jail and come to church. I'm really glad for that. And if you uh, are listening here in Dickinson and you think, well, we don't want those people in our church, those people that were in trouble with the law, well, we'll take them. Glad to have them. I'm not just saying that to act like I'm some big shot. I I really am. You know, Jesus said I didn't come to save those that were well, but those that are sick. And a lot of times the ones that think they're well or sick, they just don't know it. But at least sometimes when you're in jail, you can admit that you've got a problem. Kind of want to talk along those lines tonight. Lately I've been kind of on a theme or something, even in church, even on the radio, talking about the subject I want to talk about today. But I want to... Visit here again. Text me seven zero one two nine zero seven eight six two. If you can't text, you're out of out of the country, out of the U.S. You could email me Robert Simons fifty eight at gmail dot com. I can see some of those. Once in a while, we'll get somebody from some far off place that's listening. That's always fun to know that you know the the internet's coming across and other places. You know, I, I'm just trying to figure out where to start today. Didn't bring my guitar in the studio. I came right from that graduation on my motorcycle, and I um, didn't have my guitar strapped to my back, but that's all right. I've got so much material here, I don't know if I'll have time to sing a song or not. Let's start in Second Chronicles 15. And I'm going to start in Second Chronicles 15. Talk about a king named Asa. And I want to just talk about two instances in Asa's life where 
a prophet came to him and the different responses that he had. Second Chronicles 15.1, it says, And the Spirit of God came upon Azariah the son of Oded. And he went out to meet Asa and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you be with him, and if you seek him, he will be found of you, but if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Now for a long season Israel had, had been without the true God and without a teaching priest and without law. But when they in their trouble did turn unto the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found of them. And in those times there was no peace to them, to him that went out, nor to him that came in. But great vexations were upon all the inhabitants of the countries. And a nation was destroyed of nation in the city of city, for God did vex them with all adversity. Be strong, therefore, this is the prophet still speaking, talking to Asa, be strong, therefore, and let not your hands be weak, for your works shall, for your work shall be rewarded. And when Asa heard these words in the prophecy of Oded the prophet, he took courage, put away the abominable idols out of the land of Judah and Benjamin, and out of the cities which he had taken from Mount Ephraim, and renewed the altar of the Lord that was before the porch of the Lord. So we see here in Asa's life, when he was warned by a prophet, the prophet said to him, The Lord is with you while you be with him. And if you seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. And those are true words. Uh, Just remember this. God is willing to help anybody that wants his help. But if you don't want his help and you forsake God, he'll forsake you too. Uh, This idea that God is just going to help you because because he's God and he loves you, he's not going to violate your will. And if you don't want God's help, and if you want to forsake the ways of God, then you'll be in a very lonely and terrifying place without God. Not that he doesn't love you, but that you won't let him help you. And so Asa, the king, heard these words and took courage and began to do the things that were right, much to his credit. But later, I'm going to call it the next chapter in Asa's life, because that was Second Chronicles 15, now we read in Second Chronicles 16, that after Asa had taken treasures out of the Lord's house, he in Second in Chronicles 16 we read that Asa had taken treasures out of the Lord's house, out of the temple, and given them to Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, to protect the country against the king of Israel. So starting in verse 7, and at that time, Hanani the seer came to Asa, king of Judah, said unto him, Because thou hast relied on the king of Syria, and not relied on the Lord thy God, therefore is the host of the king of Syria escaped out of thine hand. Were not the Ethiopians and Lubims a huge host, with many chariots, chariots and horsemen? Yet because they, thou did rely on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, show himself strong on the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Herein thou hast done foolishly, therefore from henceforth thou shalt have wars. Then Asa was wroth, or angry with the seer, put him in a prison house, for he was in a rage with him because of this thing. And Asa oppressed some of the people at the same time. So here we see Asa one time responding to a prophet in his life and listening to him, and another time 
responding to a prophet in his life and getting angry with him. You know, um, maybe on the radio I can just be a little more open sometimes, in some ways, but, you know, I I uh, I love being a pastor. I love being a, a preacher. I, I like um, everything about it. I like preaching in church. I like teaching in church. I like preaching at the jail. I like coming on the radio. I enjoy it. I, I hope that somehow this ministry is a blessing to somebody. Part of what I don't like is when people get angry with me because I tell them, I warn them, the common sense things in the Bible, and they won't listen. And not only won't they listen sometimes, but they get angry with me. Now, it's interesting because they get angry with me even if I don't even call their name. But just preaching in church can make them angry with me. And I don't like it. I mean, that's not what I'm in this life for. I'm not here to try to make enemies. That's not what I want to do. But like in this case, one time Asa listened to the prophet, and the other time he had the prophet arrested, and he was enraged with the prophet. And so, which brings me to my topic tonight, is this. You know, our... Are you willing to walk in the wisdom of God? Are you willing to walk the road of wisdom? Last week I spoke on a very similar topic to this. And if you were listening last week, I mean, I've got all new examples and so on, but it's going to be similar in that way. Uh, Last week, Brother Johnson, while I was well, I think it was Brother Johnson that texted me the scripture in Ecclesiastes 4 and 13, better is a poor and wise child than an old and foolish king who will no more be admonished. You see, a child that is willing to learn and to listen is wiser than a foolish king that won't listen to anybody. You know, today in church I talked about, in Second Chronicles 24, about a king named Joash. And then I talked in, in uh, Second Chronicles 34 about a king named Josiah. Interesting kings. Uh, one was seven, Joash, when he started to be king. And Josiah was eight. And so this is very interesting. Now we realize, I think most of us realize, that a seven-year-old or an eight-year-old could not rule a nation by themselves. And so we understand, and of course, especially Josiah, it specifically says it, or Joash, and and Josiah alludes to it, but both of them had advisors that helped them. They were the king, but there were men, older men, wiser men that advised them. And in Joash's case, in in 2 Chronicles 24, there there was a man, um, named Jeho- Jehoiada, Jehoiada, excuse me, Jehoiada, I'm sorry. He was a priest. And Joash, the king, did good as long as uh, this priest was alive. This priest lived a long time. He died when he was 130 years old. But after the death of this mentor to Joash, Joash went bad. And the priest, uh, 
Jehoiada, he, his son came and told, his son Zechariah came and told uh, Joash, he said, you're not doing good. He said, uh, thus saith, the Lord, saith God, why transgress ye the commandments of the Lord that you cannot prosper? Because you have forsaken the Lord, he hath also forsaken you. And Joash, this older version of Joash now, had the king, had this prophet killed. He got so angry that this prophet said that you've transgressed the commandment of the Lord, that he had he had the prophet killed. And that prophet was the son of his friend. And they, they, they stoned him to death. They took rocks and killed him. And when the guy was dying, when the prophet was dying, <coughs> he um he said this the Lord look upon it and require it. And later, Joash's kingdom was destroyed. He was assassinated by some of his own people. Notice this prophet told Joash, he said, You cannot prosper because you forsook God, and that's why he forsook you. How do you forsake God? You stop listening to him. To not be able to be admonished is pride. It's ignorance. Proud people can have a high IQ but they can still be really stupid. Pride and stupidity go hand in hand. That's an observation I made. And wisdom and humility go hand in hand also. You see, Joash, nobody could tell him anything. He, he knew everything. And because of that, he was not wise. <clears throat> you know, this this radio broadcast tonight, um, I, I want to say if you don't know something and you're willing to learn, that's wisdom. But if you don't know something and you think that you know something and you won't listen, that's ignorance. For instance, your church culture and history might have sprinkled babies for the last 1,800 years. And you call that baptism. But that's never been baptism according to the Bible. The word baptize means to immerse, dunk under the water. Now, you might think that you're doing it right because you're following your church history. But we need to get back to the Bible. Are you able to be admonished? I remember years ago, there was a, a girl named Chrissy. She was 14 or 15. Her aunt and uncle went to the Bismarck Pentecostal Church. And because of that, Chrissy went to a church camp with her aunt and uncle. At the church camp, 
Chrissy was filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit because we heard her speak with other tongues. Well, she came home and told her Lutheran parents, I want to be baptized in Jesus' name, like the Bible says. And her her, her, her Belfield parents say, no, you can't. You can't do that. We won't let you. We're Lutheran. We don't. That's not the way we do it. My wife and I started having a Bible study with Chris, Chrissy's parents. And in the first or second lesson, Chrissy's mom started crying. We were teaching on baptism and what the Bible said, and she started crying, Chrissy's mom, and she said, I've been telling my daughter that she can't be baptized, but I see it right here in the Bible that this is the way to be baptized. She said, I have one question. Could you baptize my whole family this way? You see, she wasn't so proud that she couldn't listen, that she couldn't be admonished. And, folks, I'm not telling you you need to listen to me like I'm smarter than you. We all need to listen to the Word of God. That's what we need to do. Now, so, and that's what Proverbs is talking about in Proverbs 12 and 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. You know, I told the guys at the jail this, and, um, Over all the years I've done prison ministry, I've met many, many people, and most of the time um, they don't bother me or make me nervous. Uh, many times there are people, times there are people that are just caught in addictions. Uh, many times there are people that just got caught doing some of the same things some of you got, some of you were doing, and didn't get caught. You know, these people that that turn their nose up at people that are in prison, uh, you certainly can't be a Christian and do that. But anyway, occasionally I run into somebody in prison that really does kind of scare me. I mean, maybe not for my own safety, but kind of for the safety of all of us. And these are the people who blame everybody else for their own wrongdoings. In other words, they did wrong, but they're blaming other people for it. You know, it, it's kind of like somebody that hits their spouse or, or physically abuses their spouse and say, the reason I did it is they made me mad. That's kind of scary to me. It, it is. It's scary. It's, it's scary to me that, that, um, that you would blame, that you would do something wrong and then blame somebody else that they made you do it. Actually, it's really scary to me. See, these are the signs of a person that won't listen. And whether you are in jail or prison or just walking around the streets free, if you won't listen, you're not a wise person. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a little break right here. I'm just kind of rambling, but hopefully if somebody's getting something out of this, I'll get, maybe I'll get a little more specific 
Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is radio show. We are uh, broadcasting live tonight out of Dickinson, North Dakota. You can text me 701-290-7862.
CD called The Captain, which is really, really good. And uh, maybe a little hard to find, but you can just Google Bill Farron and you could order the, I think the real CD is the only way you can get it. I don't think you can get it on any any other uh, Spotify or anything like that, but it's well worth buying if you can find it. And, uh, and I believe he's still got them for sale. I, I've been after him to make another one as good as that one is. I really like all the cuts on that song. Maybe I'll play another one here. Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is radio show. All the people texting me, thank you so much. Sister Bretz is listening tonight. We miss her. She moved down to Oklahoma. I want to say hi to Miles and Sierra, Ella, Nolan, Caleb, Autumn, and Hunter. We've got um, Ruben listening in uh, Texas. Uh, who else do we have? Brother Jones listening. Good to have him tying in tonight 701-290-7862 just a simple radio show we're talking about being smart listening to to god don't be proud and stupid you know i really did put some thought into this early this morning i was up um pride and and stupidity are very 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 similar um when you get full of yourself, like it says, the, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. Uh, this word fool here isn't talking about people with low IQs. It's talking about people that do foolish things. They're not using their head. They're not thinking. You know, it's kind of like a, a, a person that gets drunk and has an affair against his wife. You know, he's not thinking. He's not using his head. He's throwing away his his wonderful marriage, his relationship with his wife, his children. You know, the the uh, divorce. If anybody wants to know where I stand on it, I'm just against it. Divorce. Uh, you know, anything you can do to try to get your marriage fixed, you need to do it. I realize it takes two people. I realize. One person leaves another person. There's nothing you can do about it. But whatever you can do to try to salvage that thing, do it. That's where I stand on. I've always stood on that. That's what I believe. Whatever you can do. Because what it does to children, what it does to our society, it's... uh, the breakdown of the family, 
Certainly, we could say godlessness is the the source, but a close second is in, to the calamity that's coming upon our nation is the breakdown of the family unit. If you do the studies, it'll scare you half to death when you see the way children turn out from a single-parent home versus two parents. So you parents that are listening, you're just driving around Dickinson tonight. If that's all you hear, hear it. Listen to it. You know, whatever you got to do. You know, and and so wisdom is like, I'm not going to throw away my marriage for some kind of Internet affair, some kind of sexting foolishness. You know, this, here again, you can have a high IQ and do something really stupid. There are things that you can do that can destroy your life and your loved one's lives. And I'm calling on you to listen to the voice of God. You know, just kind of like the prophet told Joash in, in 2 Chronicles 24, In verse 20, he said, Why transgress ye the commandments of the Lord that you cannot prosper? In other words, God wants you to do good. But when you go against the laws of God, things are going to go bad. And eventually you'll be lost, which is the baddest thing of all for you. It's kind of like breaking the law of gravity. You know, you can jump off a cliff, land in a pile at the bottom with a broken hip and two broken legs and whatever else. And I suppose you could get mad at God, but you broke the law of gravity. You're not going to prosper jumping off a cliff. You're not going to prosper committing adultery. You're not going to prosper lying, stealing. You won't prosper. Sin is destructive now I told you about two kings and we talked about Joash he was seven when he became king but there was another king named Josiah in 2nd Chronicles 34 the Bible said verse 1 Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign and he reigned in Jerusalem one in 30 years and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord and he walked in the ways of David his father and declined neither to the right hand nor to the left. And it says that in the eighth year of his reign, while he was yet young, he began to seek after the God of David, his father, and in the twelfth year he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem from the high places and the groves and the carved images and the molten images. So by the time he was twenty, Josiah was taking he was proactive to try to turn this country around back to God. Something happened that was very interesting. They He had ordered the cleaning up of the temple, and when they did, while they were cleaning the temple, they found a book of the law in the house of the Lord, Second Chronicles thirty four fifteen. It's interesting. They had lost their Bible. They hadn't nobody had read a complete law of Moses for maybe years. And while they were cleaning the temple, they found one. They began. They brought it to Josiah, began to read it to him, 
And the Bible said that when he heard the words of the law, verse 19, that he rent his clothes. Because he realized we are in trouble. We have been violating God's laws. And he, he they sent word to a prophetess named Hilda. And, uh, and she, she heard from God and she sent word back to the king. She said, because your heart was tender and you did humble yourselves before, before God when you heard his words against this place and against the inhabitants thereof, and humblest thyself before me and didst rend thy clothes and weep before me, I even heard thee also, saith the Lord. Humility will get you a long way with God. Now, Josiah could have blamed everybody. No Bible, didn't know any better. Why is it my fault what my ancestors have been doing? I've been doing right. What's, what, why is it my fault? He could have done all those justifications, but that's not what he did. You know, in, in Isaiah 66, I, I love this, verses 1 and 2. In fact, these verses, I guess, struck a chord with one of the men up at the county jail today when I read it. But Isaiah 66, 1 said, Thus saith the Lord, The heavens is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you're going to build unto me? And where is the place of my rest? For all these things have my hand made, and these things have been, saith the Lord. The Lord's saying here to these people, you know, you're you're all religious. You're going to build me this nice temple. Uh, But don't, you know, like, I mean, the heaven is my throne. The heaven's a pretty big place. And I know it's speaking metaphorically here, but God is trying to say, listen, I'm big. And the earth is my footstool. Like he just props his feet up on the earth. He said, so what kind of house is this that you're going to build me? You know, like, you think I'm going to be impressed? But then he goes on to say this, but to this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit and trembleth at my word. Trembleth at my word. Humility. You know, I heard of a evangelist one time was preaching in a church, and there was an old elder in the church that was well-respected. I don't know if he had been a minister or pastor or just a good man of God that was just well-respected. His prayers were coveted by everybody. I believe it was the pastor that told the story, but this, um, this old man, just before the service, walked up to the young evangelist and said, I'll pray for you that God anoints you to preach tonight. And the young man looked at this old man and said, you can go ahead and pray for me, but God's going to anoint me whether you pray for me or not. What an attitude. It wasn't long before that young evangelist wasn't even preaching anymore. Went off into the world. See, God's... God. He doesn't, there's no big wheels when it comes to God. 
There's no big shots when it comes to God. Everything, you know, talent and uh, charisma, they can take you so far, and that's it. We need God. I need God. What I'm doing here right now, I need God. You know, sometimes I get out behind this microphone and I wonder, is this going to help anybody? You know, just me talking? Just this week I met with a man that I've known for many years. Met him originally in my jail ministry. Now he's been coming to church off and on. He told me this week he was crying. He, he, he was had tears in his eyes, crying. He said, Pastor Bob, you saved my life. And he told me how I saved his life. It was by some advice I had given him a while back. And I looked at him and I said, you know where I learned that advice? I took it right out of the Bible. That's my confidence. That's all I've got. You know what? I don't care who you are listening to me tonight. I can help you. But you're going to have to do what I say. Because what I'm going to tell you is the Scripture. (coughs) And the Scripture has answers to pretty much every question you've got. There may be some ones that aren't directly answered by the Bible, but just about every one you've got. God will answer it, and I can help you. But what help is it if you won't listen to the answer? What help is it if you won't take any action towards the answer? I told a young man many years ago, his parents called me. They were so concerned about him. These weren't people that went to our church. They said, you know, our son's drinking himself to death. Can you you meet with him? I said, sure. So I went over to their house, and I went up in the son's bedroom. He was probably, I don't know, 22. He was already turning yellow from jaundice or whatever they call it, you know, liver malfunction. He drank so much, he looked terrible. And I sat on the edge of the bed where he was sitting, and I said, do you want help? He said, yeah, I do. I said, I can help you. I said, I know I can help you. But you're going to have to do what I say. You know, there's a, just lately, you know, I mean, there's so much good going on and there's so much bad going on. But the good has to do with people that will listen. The bad has to do with people that won't. And if I focus on the people that aren't listening, I can get discouraged. I had, uh, I know I mentioned it on the radio here a while back, but I was kind of down here a couple weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, and I got a voicemail from somebody that lives in Michigan. He and his wife um, used to go to church out here in Dickinson, and they moved away. And he called and left me this voicemail. It's I could I should just about play it on the air. And I think I saved it because it meant so much to me. But he said something like this. He said, Pastor Bob, I know, or Pastor Simons, he called me, I know that you're probably discouraged right now over a lot of things. He said, but I want you to know this. 
He said, you helped my wife and I so much. He said, and there's a lot of us out here, and he said, don't forget it. There's people that will listen to the wisdom of God. Are you one of those people? Don't fight against the wisdom of God in your life. You'll be a fool. You'd have to be a fool. In the book of Isaiah, well, let me, I'll save that here. Let me play a, play a song here. Um, I think I'll play another song off, off that Bill Farron CD. I've got a little time here. Text me tonight, 701-290-7862. If you've got any questions or comments, love to hear from you. Where would I be without you stepping to the bow of my boat? Speaking to the wind and waves, peace be still. Gratitude has overtaken all my thoughts of despair. And the emptiness that once was, Lord, is now a place you fill. And I'm thankful for the faith you placed in me. And that you are almighty Because when I'm weak Then I am made strong I'm thankful for the blood you shed for me When you died on Calvary Cause when I'm baptized It removes all my wrong I'm thankful I'm thankful and joy for strife when salvation was so near so at those times you don't feel like lifting your voice remember that Jesus has purchased your choice the praises you offer can set captives free because where Jesus is there will be liberty but if Stand up and shout 
I'm standing here amazed and in awe of your kindness and compassion. Where you delivered me from sin and the emptiness within. From the immorality, nothing else could set me free. All the drugs that had me bound, so depressed I thought I'd drown. All the lies of rock and roll could never heal my wounded soul. But you filled me with your spirit, and I spoke with other tongues. You gave me power to be a witness and the power to overcome. Now you've given me a new life. Cause I've been born again of the water and the spirit So that I can enter in into the holiest of holies Cause that's where you choose to dwell Now the covenant is broken with eternal death and hell So if we do not praise you, the rocks will cry out And we owe so much more, so we'll stand up and shout Got the idea. He's thankful. Isn't that a good song, man? I didn't even want to. I didn't even want to butt into that one. That was so good. I was getting into it here in the studio. Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is Radio Show. I was just getting ready to say Isaiah thirty-five. It's a foretelling of the church age. Talks about a highway. Verse eight. A highway shall be there in a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those. It shall be for those, though 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 wayfaring men, though fools shall and though fools shall not err therein. What it's saying is nothing unholy is gonna go that way, but there are people that are gonna go that way. And what that word wayfaring men means whoever stays on the road, even if he's a fool, <coughs> he's gonna make it. He's not going to go astray. If you stay on the road of wisdom, that we'll title this Walk the Wisdom Road tonight. You stay on the road of God's wisdom. You're going to make it. Put your trust in the Lord. Lean not under your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. He'll direct your paths. This is guaranteed. Walk in the wisdom of God. Walk in the plan of salvation. Acts 2.38, Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's for us today. Repent of your sins, be baptized in water in the name of Jesus 
Christ. And God will fill you with the Holy Ghost, like Bill Farron said, and you'll speak with other tongues. Are you interested in this? Are you hungry for this? Do you have a desire to walk in God's ways, or do you want to just keep stumbling around in the dark? You know, what What do you want? I mean, what, what, what do you want to do? Because the, uh, I mean, there, there is darkness there. There, there is, I mean, this world is in darkness. You know, I, um, like I say, I get, sometimes I get discouraged. Because people don't seem to want, some people don't seem to want to listen. But I do believe there are people that do. You don't become a fool when you're an old man, necessarily. You just become a fool when you stop listening to God. When you stop listening to the Word. Psalm 25 and 4 it says, show me thy ways, O Lord, teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth and teach me. Is that your desire? That God would teach us? <clears throat> this week, come and see us. Wednesday night, 7.30, we have church at our church, 501 Elks Drive, Dickinson, North Dakota. If you're a person that loves to pray, come and pray with us. We we pray a half hour before church starts at 7. We meet together in a, a special room that we, we have it call our prayer room. Service starts at 7.30 Sunday mornings. We have Sunday school at 10, worship at 11. We have, we have churches in Beach, Bowman, Beulah, Bismarck, it has to start with a B, right? Beach, Bowman, Beulah, Bismarck. I guess we could have one in Mandan. How about Newtown, Williston, and Minot? Churches all over this area that preach Acts 2.38. We'd love to have you come. We'd love to have you be with us. You know, I just... Some days I feel like a broken record, but I know I know that I'm reaching somebody with this. One of the most rewarding days I ever had was I was in a jail service many years ago at the county jail. After the service, a young man walked up to me. He was 25 years old. He was crying. He, he, he put his face right up towards mine because he didn't want to people to see that he was crying. He's in jail. He didn't want to act weak. But he said, Pastor Bob, he called me Pastor Bob. He said, listen, look at me. He said, I'm 25 years old. For 25 years, I've been doing it my way. Look where I'm at. I'm in jail. He said, tell me what to do and I'll do it. That was a rewarding day for me. Show me your ways, O God. 
Teach me your truth, O Lord. That's what he wants. That's the desire he wants. Humble yourself in the sight of God. God loves people, folks, but he hates pride. He hates pride so much. I mean, he hates pride. God hates it. He hates it so much. There wouldn't I my personal belief is there wouldn't even be a hell if it wasn't for pride. That's how bad God hates it. The worst sin there is is pride. I know lying is up there. It's hard for God to save a liar. You're going to have to start being honest for God to get to to work with you. But pride. Don't tell me what to do. I know everything already. You know, that, that attitude will take you to hell. This attitude, well, I'll do the parts of God that I like and the parts that I don't like I won't do. Like, yeah, okay, God, help me get off my methamphetamine. But don't tell me what to do with my sex life. God's not like that. It's either all or nothing with God. Lord Jesus, tonight as we close this program, I ask you to help us. Lord, I I feel like that you can do something with this, that you can help somebody that's listening. God, that they're really listening. They're not just wanting to do it their own way, but they're wanting to, to prosper. They want to succeed. And they're willing, they're sick of their life, and they're willing to say, okay, God, you show me, and I'll do it. Because I know, Lord, if that's their prayer, I know you'll show them. You showed me when I prayed like that. God, lead us, direct us. You're doing miracles, Lord. Continue to work. Work in those that are listening tonight. Thank you for listening. Pastor Bob, this number that I've been giving out is my cell number, 701-290-7862. You can reach out to me and figure out how to get to church or if you want to find an Acts 238 church wherever you're listening from maybe I can help you find one if you want to keep stumbling around in the dark I guess that's up to you but Jesus according to Lance Appleton that's my last song he's the light and uh, and he'll show you his ways See if you enjoy this song. This is an oldie, but I, when I first came to God, this is some of the first music that I ever got a hold of. And, um, and I really, really like it. I taught my kids this song. See if you like it. God bless. Next Sunday night, 8.06 Mountain Time, for another Tell It Like It Is radio show. Jesus is a light. 
And if anybody thinks they can put him out Well, they evidently don't know too much about the life That's right well, When Jesus went away, he made it very clear He went to prepare a place Where we can relax for a million years Basking in the beauty of a smiling face And if anybody thinks they can put him out Well, they evidently don't know too much about the life Jesus is alive And in the book of Revelation The Apostle John Beheld an amazing sight The sun and the moon and the stars were gone But the city of God was still shining bright And if anybody thinks that the light can go out Well, they evidently don't know too much about the life is alive. He is alive. Jesus is alive. And if anybody thinks they can put him out, well, they evidently don't know too much about the life. You don't have to be afraid of the dark. There's a light shining down your heart. You don't have to be afraid of the dark, oh no There's a light shining down your heart If you've been stumbling around in the dark too much Well, it's my time for you to get in touch with the light Jesus is alive You don't have to be afraid of the dark There's a light shining down in your heart You don't have to be afraid of the dark There's a light shining down in your heart You don't have to be afraid of the dark There's a light shining down in your heart You don't have to be afraid of the dark There's a light shining down in your heart If you've been stumbling around in the dark too much Well, it's high time for you to get in touch with the light Jesus is alive. He is alive. Jesus is alive. And if anybody thinks they can put him out, well, they evidently don't know too much about the life. Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.